welcome everyone to a special edition of Stick a Fork in It. We're really excited because we're going to peel the onion back a little bit. We're going <laughs> to expose some layers. And um, we decided together, Shannon and Evan and I were talking about how just what a year it's been. Yeah. Um, and for Feeding Tampa Bay, it's been an incredible year. Mm-hmm. We have doubled our production. We have stretched ourselves in ways we never thought possible. We've invented new programs on the fly and we've built out services that really connect to the community. And uh, we have talked to everyone with a microphone and a camera about (laughs) our work and uh, and we have asked over and over for help. Mm -hmm. Hired furloughed workers. It's It's been incredible. incredible. And, you know, we do have an incredible team here and uh, we're all here because we're passionate about it. You'll hear that in the stories of, of the guests that we bring in, our, our colleagues. But what keeps us here is not necessarily who we do it for, but who we do it with. And the three of us appreciate that so dearly, you know, yeah. the people we work alongside. Yeah. And this is just a really neat opportunity to turn the camera around and say, these are the people we stand shoulder to shoulder with and they're amazing and you should know them just as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They're in the trenches with us every single day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's always been interesting to me as I get to know all the new folks who join our world or the three of us, uh, really everybody on the team. There is no path to being a food banker. Yeah, it's it's not like yeah. a, a no. direct, you know, same story. It's not no. the same story for no. everybody. No, there's, there's no undergraduate degree. We all, right. Yeah, we relief. all land here in an odd yeah. way, and yeah. but are committed, mm-hmm. which everyone listening will find kind of equally mm-hmm. in yes. the end. It, it's so interesting because... Uh, you know, we talked about doing this project, and then the obvious first question is, well, who should we talk to? Yeah. The great answer is anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can yeah. pluck anybody out of the organization and have an amazing 15-minute conversation and learn more about them mm-hmm. and why they're here and what they do and how they make it a better community. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, so it, we're just really excited about this project. You know, yeah. it's, it's funny that you you said we're peeling back the onion because there definitely were uh, some wet eyes in the house, you know, on this episode. <laughs> yes. I think that it's, uh, it's such a passionate subject for so many people that work here. And, you know, I, I'd also compare it to one of those tip of the iceberg things. You know, people come in, most of people's interaction with us is like they're either volunteering with us at the warehouse or at a pantry or they're receiving food, you know, at the warehouse or at the pantry. But um, even even if they're here every day, they won't meet 80% of the people that work here. And, that right. you know, we talk about it in some of the interviews that um, literally the things that people see could not happen without those people that you never see, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, uh, right. and those people have the exact same enthusiasm and passion for, you know, the the end goal of the mission as people who are there handing the food to you, you know, which I think is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's, um, you know, it's such a special organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because we are so careful about who we invite into the family. Yeah. Because we take the extra time to make sure we get it right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and um, actually, Matt, you're one of those who I think, and I do touch on this in some of these interviews that is, um, has a real gift mm. for finding people. You're, some on your team, on our programs team, not that all of our teams and all of the people, but man, some of the mm. unique, <laughs> wonderful, talented, man, you can throw 
anything against their <laughs> wall and they figure out how to make it work, which yeah. um, is pretty incredible. But, you know, friends, we um, invite you to listen. This is going to be Humans of Feeding Tampa Bay. It is a two-part series. Um, you're going to hear a lot of different, wonderful, passionate people and how we get two million meals out every single week ever since this pandemic made 2020 the most challenging thing really for the entire world and uh, Tampa Bay area as well. So listen in. This is the first part of the series and there'll be a second part coming in the new year. Thank you so much. So guys, we are so excited to launch this opportunity with someone that I think so many people know. It's such a familiar face in our world, Antoine Everett. Hi, Antoine. I ha- you <laughs> see, you can see him talking to everybody, dancing to the beat of his own drummer, driving a forklift, which yes. I thought the first time I saw him dancing and grooving around the warehouse at top speeds, <laughs> safely, I might add. Yeah. <laughs> there are no dings in this warehouse because of Antoine, I promise you. Um, I was super impressed the day I walked through this building. Antoine, welcome to Stick a Fork in It. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's... it's we love having you here. I'm so excited to talk to you. You're definitely one of like our biggest personalities here, I think. You know, highly sought after. <laughs> yes. That's humbling to hear. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and very much loved. And such a um, wonderful story of who you are. And the more I talk to you, I learn more every time. So first off, tell us about you. You have a wonderful story and background. Um. Well, I grew up in a really, really big family. I think that probably shaped a lot of who I am and how I am, what I do. Um, Born in Florida, moved around a lot, which I really appreciated, meeting a lot of different people, having a lot of different experiences. Um, Pretty normal upbringing, (laughs) brothers, um, no sisters, school, sports, clubs, Uh, joined the military after high school, did the military for a while, a few different branches, uh, which brought me back here to Florida where I went to school at USF, graduated, and started working here at the food bank. And that's pretty much my life story in a nutshell. (laughs) Well, that's really fast. So a couple different branches of the military. Can Mm -hmm. you explain that? Because I don't know about you guys, but I find that a little bit unique. Yeah, Like you join one, I'm all in. Let me get out. Let me join another one. Let me try this other one. (laughs) Can you help us understand that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, When you sign up for any branch of the military, you do a contract, usually two, four, six, even 10 years. And at the end of that contract, you decide if you want to re-enlist or not. And depending on how things go in your life, you know, you re-enlist for another. I joined the Marine Corps and right after September 11th, um, I was pretty motivated about everything that was going on and I wanted to do my part. Joined the Marine Corps infantry, which was pretty, pretty difficult, pretty tough, but necessary at the time. After my original enlistment was done, I decided I didn't want to do infantry anymore. I wanted to stay in the Marine Corps, but I wanted to do maybe a different job, kind of have a different view but they needed infantrymen really, really bad. So I said, well, if you're not gonna give me what I want, I'm just gonna go to another branch of service. Cause mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to stay in the gotcha. military and make a career out of it. So mm-hmm. went to the army, pretty much the same thing happened. I was military police and I had a really good time and I enjoyed it, but I wanted to do something different. So they were like, well, you're good at this. We want you to stay. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> and then <laughs> believe it or not, after the army, I went to the air force and even tried my hand there, uh, but they wanted me to be an air traffic controller, so I said no. Oh, man. (laughs) So I was in the Air Force for about a month, and they give you an initial period where you can say, okay, you know what, I don't think this is for me, and I decided, yeah, it wasn't for me. So I left, and I moved to Florida and started going to school. 
man. Wow. So, so every you, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, no, we like lost over uh-oh. something pretty big here. <laughs> yeah. There was a pretty unique posting that you had during your military career. <laughs> and uh I would love for folks to share or for you to share with our our listeners where you ended up stationed uh standing around really not doing a ton but in a pretty cool place yeah see what am i allowed to say (laughs) what am i allowed to say um well in high school pretty much my whole life so i'm the youngest of four kids so growing up you just naturally have this ability to be as good as everybody else because you're the youngest so mm-hmm. i think i just had this desire to be really really good at stuff and i need you to tell that to my eight-year-old <laughs> <laughs> um i just wanted to be as good as my brothers and like you know everybody else and i wanted to feel like i earned my spot in the family i feel like i have a really cool family i'm really honored to be a part of it but it kind of pushed me to do a lot so going into the marine corps my background kind of it spoke of who I wanted to be, mm-hmm. I think. And so it ended up leading me into this career called uh, Yankee White, which is basically a really high security clearance, probably one of the highest security clearances you can get without being a joint chief, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the president's personal military advisory council. So I started working at Camp David, which is a place the president goes with his family uh, for vacation. And I was in charge of, well, me personally, I wasn't in charge of security, but my unit was in charge of security of Camp David. It's the one place where the Secret Service can kind of relax and let the Marines take over. Wow. And um, my years there, I met a lot of people, a lot of presidents, heads of state, stuff like that. Um, I guess I made an impression. The president asked my base commander if he could send me to D.C., because they had a position opening at the White House. And my base commander came to me and asked me if I wanted to do it, and like, who's gonna turn that down? Yeah. So I accepted it, and then I was stationed as a West Wing, uh, West Wing Marine um, in DC for about three years almost. Dang. Wow. <laughs> I try not to tell people that story. I hate <laughs> the reaction uh-huh. that it brings. I think a lot of people then have expectations, uh. and they see you as something that maybe you don't want to be seen as. I'd rather people just sort of take me as I am. Sure. And then 20 years down the line, oh, well, did you know I used to do this or that? But yeah, <laughs> I, no, I see it as an incredible opportunity, and it speaks of the wonderful person that you are. And that's mm-hmm. why I made him tell and the really story. That's, yeah. And I think yeah. the listeners will see that as well. You're very humble, very kind, very energetic, very talented. And a hu- somebody, obviously, the President of the United States, <laughs> thought you were cool enough to hang out in the White House for quite a bit. So yeah. let's just keep it so, very casual. Right. Like, so, like so that. How, how do you upgrade from the White House? Uh-huh. You come to the warehouse. Yeah, right. Now, there right. you of go. Course. What's, it's the Logical obvious next step, right? <laughs> yes. And so now when folks come into our warehouse, one of the first faces, one of the most common faces they see is Antoine Everett. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's funny to me because I talk to a lot of folks who come in and volunteer here. I have family members who have volunteered, neighbors, friends, and every single one of them has to pause at some point and say, by the way, (laughs) Antoine is the best. I love Antoine. He's so awesome. (laughs) And so I heard it enough that now, Antoine, why don't you tell our listeners about the change coming up in your work here at Feeding Tampa Bay? So I'm very excited. Feeding Tampa Bay is branching out. We're growing and growing and growing and growing. And we have a new 
restaurant that we're opening up in Pinellas, and I'm going to be working with Reagan, one of our other FTB members, trying to develop that and make it a home for the people in Pinellas County. So I'm very, very excited about that. And if you guys haven't heard of Trinity Cafe, Mm -hmm. we don't like to call it a soup kitchen. It's a restaurant for people who need any type of food assistance or maybe they just don't have the time, whatever the situation, we wanna bring people together and feed them. And it's a restaurant style where they get bread, soup, salad, entrees, dessert, and they're served by the volunteers. And for a lot of the folks that come in, it's the only time that they really congregate. It's the only time they really talk to other people and they build a community and it's a place for them to feel safe and have a meal and just have a conversation, you know? Yeah. But I'm really, really excited about the one opening up in Pinellas. I'm super excited about being able to work in my own backyard and reach out to the people in my own community. So I can't wait. Yeah, it's, you know, we, we joked earlier about what the president saw in you and then us <laughs> seeing the same thing. But in all honesty, one of the things that was really important to us organizationally when we were looking at opening Feeding Pinellas was having someone who could create an atmosphere that made people feel welcome because that dignified experience of Trinity Cafe, as we talk about all the time, is so critical to us. And that's what you've been training here for what, almost five years now, right? Mm -hmm. And people feel that way when they come and volunteer in the warehouse. And so Kelly might be mad at me, but I stole that. (laughs) And now we have the Antoine Everett experience Mm -hmm. for people coming to volunteer, coming to eat at Trinity Cafe at the Feeding Pinellas facility. And I'm really excited because in my mind, there is no one better at this food bank to create that atmosphere of welcome, create that atmosphere of home. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do my best. It comes natural, friend. You got this. And and you will do your best. That's the thing. That's there's nobody who questions Mm -hmm. that. And you know, the, the fact that you talk about it so comfortably and you're not even really in the role yet says a lot. It says you understand what we're seeking to create. It, you know, you understand that the folks who come to eat at Trinity really do benefit from that welcoming experience, from that feeling of being cared for, of treated with dignity and respected. Mm-hmm. And those are some of the qualities that anybody who meets you sees immediately. And so I'm, I'm just really excited to have you on the team. Thank you so much. I, when the volunteers come in, I always tell myself two things. One, they're doing this for free. So it's not like we're paying them. It's not like they're obligated in any way. Mm-hmm. So they're volunteering their time. So how dare we not give them a great experience? You know, like we want to show them that we appreciate them by the way we treat them. Yep. And the second thing I always say is, in my opinion, the volunteers are probably our best... Um, our best social media, no, our best uh, uh, ambassadors, yes. our advocates, yes. you know, there yes. are, because you can do a million things online. You can do, you know, billboards, posters and stuff like that. But people really, really, really buy into what other people say directly to them, their friends, their coworkers, you know, their husbands, wives. So when they leave and they tell other people, oh, it was a great time or, you know, this is really cool or, hey, I found out about this or, you know, the people are really like that to me is our best like advertisement, yeah. really. So it if is. you put that in them they're going to go and put it in other people and grow our volunteer force and really grow our organization so i just always try and keep that in mind and remember that but yeah i think i feel like everyone that comes here has fun you know which is like you know (laughs) it's like uh it's funny because when you think about volunteering you're like yeah i'm doing something good you know but like i don't think people always think of it as something that's like legitimately fun you know but between like the music and the way that you guys engage with them and like the the atmosphere that you kind of instill 
in the volunteers themselves, like it becomes a, a very enjoyable, high energy group activity, you know? I certainly hope so. Yeah. It's an experience. Well, right. And it says a lot because, you know, if you ask somebody what they actually did, you know, I was elbow deep in 4,000 pounds of sweet potato, <laughs> moving them into eight pound bags. Doesn't sound super exciting. <laughs> but then if you ask them how the experience was, universally mm -hmm. people enjoy being here yeah. yeah people enjoy their time they feel like it was a rewarding experience and it was something that lifted their community mm -hmm. and that is not because they were elbow deep in four thousand <laughs> pounds of sweet potato right i mean yeah. honestly it, it really does create some it, it takes special skill to create that environment of joy and excitement and fun and to do it while doing something that honestly set apart from that environment mm -hmm. is not all that exciting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I never realized it before, but growing up in a big family and traveling around a lot helped me understand. I feel like it helped me understand how to work with and how to be around different personality types. Mm -hmm. A lot it of did. people that don't, you know, maybe you grow up in a small town, you never leave that town or you never leave that state, or maybe, you know, you're an only child, but when you're constantly surrounded by so many people, so many different backgrounds, so many different races, and just all kinds of things that make them who they are, it makes it easier to deal with the all mass. Mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely been an important tool here at my role as volunteer supervisor at Feeding Tampa Bay, so, but yeah. yeah. It's helped mold you. Mm. We kind of skipped over something that I'm really interested, because um, of all that movement and being one of four boys, um, and I know you've shared with us, uh, your mom has now moved here to the to Tampa Bay. Yay. <laughs> I'm so happy for you being a mom of three boys. Mm -hmm. I know being around you is gonna be very, very precious to her. Um, what is your favorite family meal memory around a table? If you were to look back as a kid, were you a teenager? Is it with your brothers? Was it a food fight? What was it? Because that just came to mind with my kids. But just saying, what memory? That's easy for me to answer um, because it is a huge part of who I am now. I love to grill mm -hmm. anything that's grilled. I have a, uh, two grills actually, and um, just it's my fa it's so relaxing. I love the way the food tastes. I love the smell of it. I just love the whole experience of it. And my favorite family memory is. Being in the backyard, my mom used to grill a lot, charcoal grill, of course, um, and we would all just be outside playing. And it, so it wasn't so much a formal setting of being around a table or you know Thanksgiving dinner or something like that. But so many weekends where you know we'd be outside playing, me and my brothers like you know spraying each other with the water hose, running up and down, throwing the football, wrestling, and my mom would just be over in the back. My dad's probably like inside like working or something, but you know my mom's like in the back and she's like grilling, and it's just. It's just a fun, safe environment. And you think about the food, yeah, but it's more so just the experience. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. Is that experience and the smell and the aromas in the background just kind of make you feel happy. They make you feel safe. It makes you just, you know, it just sticks in your brain. But mm -hmm. for sure, any one of those days, any one of those days. Hmm. Such a classic uh, image, you know. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, you, you've been with us for a while, Antoine, and I, I, uh, we're obviously super grateful that you've stuck around and what makes you, you know, what, what connects you to feeding Tampa Bay that makes you want to stick at it, stick it out in the long run here and continue to, you know, rise up through the ranks and take on new responsibilities and opportunities and things like that. Feeding Tampa Bay is a nonprofit. 
so a lot of what we do is based on donations sponsorships you know volunteers there's no limitless pool of money to pull from there's you know it's not a very glamorous life so everything that we do is kind of like a grassroots thing and i think the thing one of the things that really draws me in about feeding tampa bay is especially when i first started we didn't have a lot we didn't have a lot of resources we didn't have a lot of anything it was just a bunch of people saying look we want to do this we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And that just inspires me because it makes me want to be like, yeah, let me do my part. Let me bring something to the table. When everybody brings something to the table, we'll make this thing happen. That's pretty much what we've done. But I just love the fact that we don't, we're not super, super privileged in what we have to work with. It charges or it challenges you to be creative. It challenges you to think outside the box. It really, really, really emphasizes the idea of teamwork because mm -hmm. you have to, have to, have to yeah. not only depend on the people around you, but work with the people around you to get that end result. And I just love that buy-in. It's like, what can we create with nothing? <laughs> right. And watch, right? watch what we can do and you know, inspiring other people to join the fight. But I just, I love that, I really yeah. do. Because when you come into a, a situation where you have everything, it's not so much that you don't appreciate it as much or, you, you know, but it, it's like, it doesn't motivate you to want to try as hard, sure. at least me personally. Yeah. But when you have next to nothing and you have to make something happen, that's when you really, I get excited and I'm like, all right, what, you know, what are we gonna do with this? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's one of the main buy-ins. I, I love that about us. <laughs> I do too. We've Scrappy. created this amazing thing out yeah. of like next to nothing, right. you know? And at the basic, most basic of basic levels, food is what everybody needs to wake up. You can teach people to read and write tomorrow. You can teach them to, you know, love people tomorrow. You can teach them a skill tomorrow. You can, you know, get, but food is what we need right, right, right now. So that basic necessity, being able to provide that to people and seeing how we can do that, just the different creative ways our team comes up. Like, I, I'm so honored to be a part of that, but yeah. Man. That's awesome. Man, great closing thought. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a wrap. Yeah. I don't even need to say anything. <laughs> Antoine, you're amazing. Thank you for so much for spending a few minutes with us and sharing your story. We appreciate you every day and look forward to feeding Pinellas. Can't wait Yay. to launch day, <laughs> opening day can't wait mm -hmm. we are ready pinellas county here we come 54th avenue in pinellas yeah. i can't wait <laughs> yeah thank you again for having me guys yeah. thank you you got thank it you. thanks for joining us florida blue's mission is to help people and communities achieve better health in partnership with feeding tampa bay their collective goal is a hunger free tampa bay by 2025 how will we do that by ensuring that all our neighbors have access to fresh nutritious food that is essential to a healthy and capable lifestyle we invite you to join the movement. Visit hungerfree2025.com. We appreciate Antoine so much, but mm -hmm. now we're really excited to have Will Marie from Matt's team right. joining yeah. us, which is that's going to be a really popular team, which yeah. it is under our building. <laughs> right. um, Matt does actually I have to compliment him in the hugest of ways. He has amazing people on his team. Mm -hmm. Welcome to stick a fork in it, Will Marie. Thank you so much for having me. You're Thank out. you so much for joining <laughs> us. So the pandemic has kind of, you uh, Let me. You started with Feeding Tampa Bay when? Actually, five and a half months ago. Right, so I was gonna say right in the middle of pandemic, so it's yeah. really yeah. hard. I think we've probably laid 
eyes on each other in person maybe twice <laughs> probably it makes it so difficult when you start a new job with a wonderful team and you don't get to know them except via zoom which yeah. is so unfair and hopefully we get to a different place so can you please tell us about you who are you who am i um well i would i would like to start with uh, where i came from so i was born and raised in puerto rico um and i did my undergrad studies over there on biology and environmental sciences um and then because of the fact that there's a lot of unemployment over there i ended up coming here to tampa bay um where i started working with um, people who have diabetes specifically on diabetes self-management um talking about different um, health points including nutrition um, self-management medication stress management all of those um, topics that would benefit someone um, who has pre-diabetes or diabetes um, then I moved to work with um, PEMS, um, and there, there I was helping actually um, Spanish-speaking clients um, to, you know, become self-sustainable once again because they were struggling financially due to different um, barriers. So um, we would help them to regain that stability, that financial stability, and sometimes um, mental health stability by referring them to agencies throughout Pinellas County. Um, and after working for a while for them, mm -hmm. I came to Feeding Tampa Bay. Yay! <laughs> and we're thrilled to so have you. After actually trying it out for three times after interviewing for three times i guess that one yep. was the That's actual the charm, right? yeah right. that, that was, was the perfect fit absolutely I, you know it's funny i'm sure it was not as uh pleasant on your side of things but for us you know the first time you interviewed and uh it, it was so clear that we wanted you to be part of the team like you just fit mm -hmm. but that position wasn't right and you know I it just the interview the conversation never left my mind I was like mm -hmm. we need to figure out how to bring Will Marie on board mm -hmm. we need to you know I don't know what it is yet I don't know what the job's going to look like it's changed three times since we hired you but <laughs> the you know it, it was so clear to me and to everybody else who talked to you that you were the right type of person for this work and you know Shannon was joking about me having a great team and and I fully <laughs> believe that the reason we have such an awesome team is because of the people mm -hmm. it's not a skill set thing it's not a background thing it's not a credential thing it is who you are as a person mm -hmm. and to me once we know that which we did right away mm -hmm. it's figuring out what the right fit is yeah, and I was joking, but really I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. Matt does, um, that's one skill that I have to compliment him on 100%. I give him a hard time on this show a lot, but he really does know how to spot good people. And um, I really think he is kind of that, um, when he's highly focused on somebody, 
Kelly Brickfield, which I know we'll have on this show very soon. There are there are people that like yourself that he has his eye on somebody, and until he finds the right fit, which you said you came through three times, he finds the right fit, mm-hmm. and it will speak to a lot of people um, through this podcast that the right fit is what makes things happen right here Absolutely. at Feeding Tampa Bay, I and that's agree. what makes us a family. And you're a really important part of it. Matt's really one of those people that finds those, you know, diamonds out there um, Mm -hmm. that come under this roof. So all kidding aside, (laughs) I got to give him that like in a huge way for sure. The skill set is few and far between, but that's one of them. them. (laughs) So Will Marie, tell us about your favorite meal, Mm -hmm. either around the table or a family memory. Mm hmm of a meal that you've shared? So my favorite meal would be pastelón, which is, um, you could relate it to a lasagna, but it's made with plantains, sweet plantains, instead of using um, regular pasta. Mm -hmm. So it's super delicious, salty, but sweet at the same time. With that Caribbean spice, <laughs> so it's it's delicious. I have to Yum. find a local spot to get some yes. of that. Yeah. <laughs> or Unless well, you make it, and then you can. I was going to say, <laughs> next time we start making the meals and we all bring a dish, a you're bringing that. Yeah. Absolutely, did, I'm in. Did you not put it in the it. email that in order to be on the podcast, you had to cook for us? Oh, you don't have it with you now? <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> so, Wilmarie, tell us a little more. Uh, now that we have found the mm-hmm. perfect variety of things that you do because it's not just one thing we actually have a bunch of different things on your plate tell us a little bit about what you do here so um i've had the great pleasure of working with mike and lem along with rochelle on the supportive services extension um, in fresh force which has been amazingly great because um, we've been able to work hand in hand with the trainers both um, with chef rick um, Mike and Lem, and um, with the trainers. So we've been getting to know a lot of amazing people who are going through these trainings um, and who are very committed yeah. um, to changing their lives. Yeah. So we are basically just the bridge of, you know, that that from point A to point B to making these trainees um, get through their full potential Mm -hmm. so um, it's been amazing working with them on that extension Um, and besides that extending our efforts on nutrition Mm -hmm. nutrition education um, partnering with other agencies and our own programs like um, with Kelly Mm -hmm. on the healthcare partnerships yes developing materials that are culturally aware, um, that are easy to read, all of those great things that we know will have some sort of um, impact Mm -hmm. in the clientele that we are serving. Yeah. I I love, um, in particular, the role that you have with our Fresh Force students because I think in a lot of ways you're the secret sauce to why we're successful. (laughs) You know, and and I, it's important to, to, talk through it because I think there are so many ways that folks can access job training, right? There are a lot of different groups out there that do it. There's obviously your kind of standard educational institutions, but we decided from day one, ours would be different and that we would be open to anybody with barriers. 
but by being open to anybody with barriers, you bring in people who have barriers, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and so we've been committed from day one to work through barriers to successful employment and family stability. And it's not just getting the right credential. Mm-hmm. It's not just getting the right job experience. It's building a network of support, addressing outside issues and needs, um, and ensuring that the whole person is cared for. Absolutely. Right? And, and that's one thing I think is so apparent. When you see our Fresh Force students, they know we care about them. Mm-hmm because of you (laughs) because of what you do with them right you literally sit down with them and find out what's going on Mm -hmm. and figure out a way to break down whatever it is that's holding them back and without that no level of uh culinary training from Chef Rick or forklift training from Lem is going to make them a success in their career. And I would love to hear, you know, kind of your thoughts and your experiences in walking that path with our Fresh Four students. Well, um, I have to say that it's been a learning experience, even though I um, was working with within that that same environment of supportive services but here it's i i have to say it's completely different because we get so involved Mm -hmm. um it's not the typical supportive services that you would just offer in a um, financial stability um, environment here we really get to know the client yeah Um, we get to counsel them we get to become part of their family um i mean having clients thanking you um and saying hey my daughter thanks you for (laughs) whatever you sent out a text message um something as simple as that um that you might feel like it's not really that big of a deal Mm. for them it is yeah so it empowers me to continue to move forward and to grow this extension of Fresh Force. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there, we talk a lot about this at the food bank, about how the people we serve are individuals, are people, right? And, and their story matters mm-hmm. and their struggles matter to us. And um, I, I really firmly believe, and I know our team is the same way, we believe that until you see the individual and you understand their struggles and you walk with them through it, you won't actually solve it. Yes. You know, and so Agreed. that's the ending hunger work. Yeah. yeah. Meeting them where they are at. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's such a, you know, the, the thing that I think you bring to that experience for folks is your authenticity, your generosity, and you're your gonna tr- make me cry. Oh, honestly. <laughs> well, it's, but it's so important for people to understand. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah. trying to make you cry. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm trying to to help people understand why I think we as an organization are so good at this, mm-hmm. right? Because we care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because we treat people like individuals and and it only ha- it, I don't do that I barely talk to anybody <laughs> in the fresh world right I just say hey you should go do that <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's and uh, you know to Shannon's point I, I have 
uh, the ability to see in, in you that you're amazing at that, right? And and that's the thing that I want people to know about why we are doing this whole project mm-hmm. here at right. the food bank, mm-hmm. right? You know, because everybody here is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so different, so different, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, each and every one, but so incredibly compassionate and um, absolutely dedicated to what we do. Yeah. Um, for the reason that he's talking about, I mean, we, Evan and I both are personally excited to work with you mm-hmm. for two different reasons. You know, we're um, working with our marketing department. We're going to build a basically virtual recipe kit. Mm-hmm. So those that we are distributing these wonderful grocery boxes, but sometimes culturally it's really challenging to get a butternut squash <laughs> or a sweet potato or, you know, chickpeas, chickpeas mm-hmm. or kale. So we're going to put these wonderful recipes that we have this new text program that we can text out these wonderful recipes to help them understand how to prepare these wonderful items that they're receiving because they have no idea what's in this box mm-hmm. you know it's just going that extra mile to give dignity and respect to some people that deserve every moment of it yeah. and we're all driven to do that you know and uh, again going back to that's why we're all here mm-hmm. and yeah. we know it every single day and Absolutely. you're like testament to that we reaffirm it mm-hmm. that's for sure we do we do and it sounds like you know this has been sort of a a journey for you of helping people that have barriers you know like it sounds like that kind of has been a trend in in your career but you know apart from this like being a career um you know how does it feel to you or what does it mean to you personally to do this kind of work and to you know to be here and, and working with us and everything um as i mentioned earlier i think it makes me grow mm-hmm. um in so many facets in so many areas um being able to see others other people grow makes me grow at the same time um sometimes again we we may think something as simple as sending out a text message with a recipe um, Mm -hmm. might not have such a great impact but it actually does um, it does because you are meeting the client where they need to be met. You're walking the walk. Um, Technically, you're giving them something that might be simple, but for them is huge because they never knew how to work with a butternut squash, Mm -hmm. and now they do, so now they're able to feed themselves. Right, Um, deliciously. Exactly, (laughs) nutritiously. Yes, and in a healthy way. um, And with the other piece of, of just generally helping out um it's not helping others again i see it as helping yourself um because you might have so much in your table um you might have it all but when you're helping others you are growing your soul you you get so much back from helping out people in so many different ways like it might not happen right away but probably seeing that client 10 years later Mm. they're gonna be like oh hey (laughs) you you were the one and this is something that happened to me with the diabetes classes you taught me diabetes at the town and country senior center Mm -hmm. um i remember you you know so those are the type of things that kind of get to you and of course letting letting them if 
the client lets you know that they were able to do some sort of self-improvement mm -hmm. that is like mind-blowing you know yeah something that you thought was general generic something that was part of the system that was actually able to make someone grow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's mind-blowing that's so it big. is when you see it work yeah. and it comes to fruition yeah definitely <laughs> definitely yes. man that's touching yeah <laughs> So, Will Marie, one thing that we're all working really hard on, we've started some earlier than others, is we're all trying to learn conversational Spanish. Um, if any one of us have been in our mobile pantry lines or at our mobile pantries, so many in our care, Spanish is their first language. And there is nothing more exhilarating to me than when we hand one of our Spanish-speaking neighbors um, an item in their language or if someone can address them in their first language. Um, it's a relief and like a sense of peace that watch, washes over them. So if you could, we wanna thank you for joining us and giving us your time. If you could address those of, the, of our neighbors and um, in any way that you want about feeding Tampa Bay in their language and say goodbye to them. Absolutely. A toda la comunidad eh, de habla hispana en la Bahía de Tampa, les queremos dejar saber que estamos aquí para ustedes y por ustedes. Así que sigan con nosotros, eh, síganos en nuestras redes sociales, eh, suscríbanse a nuestros mensajes de texto para que ya pronto se vayan enterando de nuestras mega dispensas y aparte de eso, de todas las cositas que tenemos ya pronto por venir, incluyendo eh, asistencia y educación en nutrición. Thank you so much, friend. Awesome. And we'll see you in person, hopefully more in 2021. I enjoy every time I see you live and on Zoom. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. The Humana Foundation and Feeding Tampa Bay work together to address food insecurity. Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. You'll find out more this spring. One hint, FoodRx. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org programs. Okay, friends, up next, we're really excited. I depend on this young woman quite frequently for my role at Feeding Tampa Bay, and she brought us brownies when oh she gosh. walked in the door so for our good. interview. Because again, of course, we're all about food. That's right. Everyone, the wonderful Whitney is joining us. Welcome, Whitney. Hi there. Hello, everyone. Hi. How are you? <laughs> good. Good welcome, to be here. welcome. And thank you for the brownies. Yes. <laughs> I've already crushed no. mine. It's already gone. <laughs> what? Thank you, Grace. I already, yeah, I downed it immediately. <laughs> Hungry? <laughs> it was just delicious. <laughs> so how are you doing? Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. Yeah, it's close to the holidays, so super excited. Yeah, yeah and you've been working mostly remotely? Yep. I'm Yep, uh, I'm pretty remote. I don't really have to come in too often. Mm. I can work from home. I can um, log in online um, to get all the data and access, things like that. But yeah, pretty much at home. So tell us uh, all about you. We want to know about you. I actually have been working with you for a while now. And personally, I don't know other than when you went away to get married. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Obviously, mm -hmm. I knew about that. It was uh -huh. a lot of excitement around here for you. Mm -hmm. But tell us about you. 
Yeah, sure. I actually have some notes here. So. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Who am I? I don't know if any of us are surprised by that. <laughs> I do have an outline and bullets and nice. in, important points that I want to cover. So. And I so love that. <laughs> so first, my pronouns are she, her, hers. Mm-hmm. That's important. I wanted to show a little bit of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a first-generation American-born Chinese. Uh, I speak Cantonese. Um, it's pretty important to me, uh, my family, my heritage, and mm-hmm. uh, my background. Um, Cantonese is uh, the language that they speak in Hong Kong, so okay. Okay. Um, that's uh, that's pretty pretty important. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was born and raised in Florida. Um, I am a Florida Gator. Sorry, man. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> interview over. That's why I was. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. That's why I was trying to cut her from the list. Up. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. now we know. Go okay. Gators! Oh, and she keeps going. We'll, Just kidding. Go we'll ahead. be editing that out. <laughs> yes. Back to the edits. Uh, I have a bachelor's in nutrition and then a master's in nonprofit management. Wow. Um, and then now I'm doing my uh, doctoral program at uh, University of South Florida in the College of Public Health. So I do consider myself a bull gator. Ah, so I'll, I'll give that. Right? That's awesome, yeah, a I bull know. gator. Mm-hmm. Half yeah, but you, you yeah. are you are wearing a garnet shirt. I just that's want true. the listeners What's to garnet? know that. That would be Florida State <laughs> colors. Uh, that's right. That's right. No, <laughs> no. You're in Swampland now. Oh, fair. <laughs> She's got the gold frames on too, the gold yeah. arms. I don't know. Yeah. I think you you're might on be a number. What is this? Yeah. Is everyone number yes. yes. you? Yes. Yeah. I thought it was just Matt. Oh, oh no. I'm also a Noel. No. Sorry. Yeah. You're, you're outnumbered oh, here. Right? No. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> so, fine. moving on. Um, so, um, my research interests are in um, sustainable food systems, chronic disease prevention. Uh, food insecurity, um, so it makes sense that I work here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then um, also health disparities. Um, so uh, my life is pretty much research, school, work, um, and then that kind of bleeds into um, activities like um, volunteering or being active in professional associations, writing papers, kind of boring, no. um, <laughs> but also very, very fun, which is why I love my position as a data uh, analyst at Feeding Tampa Bay. Yeah. It combines um, all of your, you know, interests, all yeah, your skills. Exactly, sure. <laughs> exactly. So, lots of fun here, and then getting to make fun of Matt, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. That's <laughs> everyone's favorite pastime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just uh, for some more personal things, uh, just spending time with family. Um, I like to read and I like to cook. Uh, I cook a lot of Asian food. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's really annoying. He he <laughs> he only like he has to eat rice. And, you know, he only eats Asian food. So mm. during COVID, I've been able to practice on adding a little bit more salt or, mm. you know, making it taste a little better um, so that he can accept my food. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just pretty much spending time with my husband. I am a newlywed. It's yeah. been over a year already. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And uh, so just doing sports and uh, playing with him, keeping him busy. Um, right now, he's training me on pickleball and tennis. There you go. Oh, Very nice. <laughs> Very yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a quick question because I'm intrigued. Um, you speak Cantonese. Mm-hmm. So was that your first language in your home growing up or just something culturally that your parents taught you? Yeah. Um, I actually think that it was my first language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think I didn't learn English till I was maybe two. Oh, wow. And I think it's just something that they don't really worry about. Like you just speak Chinese first and then you put, you're put put in school mm-hmm. and then you just learn English. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I think that's a gift mm-hmm. to have two languages. I think that's amazing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so do you dream in English or Spanish? Uh, <laughs> Cantonese, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I, I, 
I think in English. Yeah. Um, I'm fluent in Cantonese, but it's still something that uh, I like. If I was to go back to China or Hong Kong, mm. um, they can tell that I have an accent. Oh man! Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh-oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I still remember in high school when I got to the point of uh, AP Spanish. I would start. I would have moments in <laughs> dreams where I was the people were speaking Spanish. Yeah. Spanish. yeah. Usually, like right after a test, <laughs> they were yelling at me. <laughs> but, you know. I can understand you, but why are you so mad? <laughs> That's really cool. Do you um do you ever have moments where you can't think of the word in English and it comes to you mm-hmm. in Cantonese? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I actually speak a little Spanish. Mm-hmm. And the thing what Matt was saying it's and then we're also uh, feeding Timba Bay, we're all trying to learn Spanish. Yeah. We are. Sometimes things come to me in Spanish too. Interesting. It's, it's very mm-hmm. weird yeah. like when it's just I don't know, like a foreign language, you mm-hmm. know, so if you're trying to speak some other language the other words just flow to you. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You just like that word better. You know, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> their word for this is better. You want to roll your R. Right. I wish I had that flow because I'm taking that course and wow. <laughs> with our schedules now, with the yeah, pandemic and right. taking Spanish at the same time, I'm kind of like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> but I'm enthusiastic. Yeah. I'm taking counts. Spanish too online with my eighth grader. So there you go. I have a slightly different experience <laughs> of taking Spanish right now. I've got the little angry green owl on my phone who keeps telling me I missed my lesson. So there's that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so Whitney, it makes me very, very happy that you had a bullet point that you needed to make sure you said you make fun of me. <laughs> I love that. It's um, the most important thing. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I had, had to be in there. Um, and, and so it's my duty then to ask you the question of why, since I'm the one who hired you, <laughs> did you leave me on your first day at Tampa Bay? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. You should mm-hmm. tell me. <laughs> but um, uh, no, no, I, I was going to joke around and say I'm thankful. But no, I, <laughs> I, I love the programs team. I'm still, I, I think, welcome as yes. an honorary, honorary member. member. No. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, and so, yes, I was hired by Matt. I, I still remember that day. Mm-hmm. It seems so long ago. But mm-hmm. um, uh yeah, the first day I think we switched over and I became an I, I was moved over to admin. Kathy Wetzel stole you day one. <laughs> yep, that's wow. why she's not on the podcast. Dang it, Kathy. <laughs> that's but why I've, she's not welcome here. But I've been able right. to, you know, attend the strategic plans or meetings and crying powwows <laughs> and very warm and friendly um, conversations with the programs team and it's it's been a it's been really amazing. Um, I'll talk a little bit about, of course about data later, but mm. Being able to interact with the program staff and um, bringing the the data perspective or helping track things and evaluate, um, but I think that programs is like the 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 fun and the very heartfelt um, client centered uh, piece that that I rarely get. You mm-hmm. know, I'm usually at home yeah. on my computer <laughs> looking at data or right. Excel files or something like that, but. Being with the program staff, you really hear the stories, and um, I, it, I miss it, um, and it's mm-hmm. nice to be an honorary member. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, a lot of the programs team is very kind of human-centered designed mm. folks, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's our nature. And the reason we brought you on the team is because it's so important for us to be able to understand and evaluate data, mm-hmm. right? To understand... Uh, the effect of what we're doing and mm-hmm. be able to tell that story mm-hmm. and you're fantastic at that and um, we just really appreciate being able to add that 
depth and that clarity and it really does inform the planning that we do about moving forward um the thing that i think you're known for around here uh aside from bringing in awesome brownies (laughs) is that you really make our dashboard happen Mm -hmm. and i cannot tell you how important it is as a team in terms of understanding how things are going understanding the effect we're having in the community understanding uh internal trends and processes and where we can tweak things here or there or Mm -hmm. where we're not uh, quite where we wanted to be as compared to previous years or even goals for this year and having all of that presented in such a beautiful way um, and then being able to go through it as a group you know you lead uh, the conversation with our management team every month we go through the dashboard piece by piece and it's um, it's a skill that is so incredibly appreciated because it's something that I know there is a 0% chance I would be able to do it. And here, here. And to That's have it go idea. from from numbers on a paper or in an Excel spreadsheet into the visual display that you've created has been awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about that process of creating the dashboard and what that was like? Well, and what the dashboard is, because mm-hmm. you're talking about <laughs> our dashboard. dashboard in our car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Describe the dashboard. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Matt. Uh, that was very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's I'm fun. on my best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> He's being recorded. <laughs> yeah, it's the brownies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but it's it's been a, a lesson learned. It's a learning experience for me too. Um, you know, I'm a trained researcher, and so a lot of the things is not just me. I can't take credit for all of it. It's me working very very closely to each of the teams and also the leadership. Um, the organizational dashboard is something that we go over monthly, and it kind of paints the picture of the overall health of the, or the organization, but also of you know what's going on in each department and each team. We have uh, food coming in. What are those channels of sources? Where are we getting our food? How much food are we bringing in? How are we able to distribute in different types of methods? What type of activities are we doing? And that. And, um, you know, what, uh, what other programs are we involved in? How many SNAP applications are we assisting with? Um, what are we doing in terms of groceries on the go program, our fresh force? So we cover a lot of different topics, pretty much every team. But um, the dashboard puts everything together. It, it kind of contextualizes what does Feeding Tampa Bay do and how are we able to end hunger? By 2025 how are we able to assess our goals and to look at those numbers to show that we are on track and mm-hmm. um, on that organizational dashboard we focus a lot on internal numbers but Matt also mentioned community health data and so we're talking about like population health it's not just about what we do at Feeding Tampa mm-hmm. Bay it's about how our numbers align with the needs of the community. You know, how many people are food insecure? How many of those are children or seniors? And we look at those numbers and we better target or tailor our programs to address those needs. Yeah, and I think it's really important to note too that um, 
you know, somehow you create cram an amazing amount of information into four pages. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dashboard maps onto our strategic plan. And so there is a page for each of our four E's that, that organize our strategic plan. And when we look at how we are evolving, getting food out into the community, mm-hmm. then all of those different sources of uh, food procurement matter mm-hmm. and food distribution and the different channels. And, you know, if for for us to be able to see not quite in real time, but in in short order, uh, how we are evolving distribution, you know, how we are energizing our community through healthy foods and and health-related activities that we're doing and the healthcare partnerships that we have. All of those pieces really come to life when you look at it in the dashboard. And so Mm -hmm. it brings, I I know at least for the programs team, and I know everybody else uses it as well on a really regular basis, it allows us to have a common language. You know, it's kind of funny that we t- started talking about language oh, yeah. because that's what it is. <laughs> right. The other language, right. numbers. It, <laughs> it is a common language that allows us to go back and say, okay, this month we got to here, and by next month's dashboard, we want to make sure we're getting to this place, right? Or yeah. we're doing this kind of thing a little differently. And um, it, it's, I did not, you know, when, when we brought you on, it was my hope that we could get close to understanding our data the way that we do now and so you've exceeded all expectations in the the way that you've been able to translate for us mm-hmm. what we're doing yeah it'll be in spanish uh next month and <laughs> oh, then wow. cantonese the following perfect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good learning uh, learning lesson right. cantonese you may need to help us with we'll limp along in spanish i mean I, I already math already looks like cantonese to me i do not oh. speak number i don't know the, the dashboard is really easy to read um for me uh, whitney a lot of times I'm on the road, so I can't reach the dashboard. Uh, so for us in in PR and speaking with people, being able to share that we deep dive and know our numbers, not only what we're pushing out of this building, but where the need is, that we can target areas and know where people are hungry and how we can address that and what hunger-free by 2025 means and mm-hmm. how we'll get there. Um I can reach out to Whitney via text or email and I don't have the dashboard near me and she will help me get numbers before we go in the newspaper on air whatever so we are completely clear and there's clarity with everything that we say which is a gift um, that really has uh, no price on so you are such a valuable member of our team I am so thankful for you I know I say it but not enough Mm. whether that be in Spanish or Cantonese (laughs) Um, just so incredible I've been in nonprofit for 20 years and I am in awe of you every day so thank you thank you so much Um, and uh, you know I I said earlier how this sort of combines all of your skills. What is it that sort of um, connects you to like the mission here? Like, is there is there something about working with Feeding Tampa Bay that like kind of rewards the work that you've put into your career so far? How does it make you feel? Yeah. That's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one with the hard questions. That's why they they put me last. <laughs> there, there are no bullet points for that one. Yeah. So oh, oh that wasn't on the list. Yeah. I see. Okay. No, I didn't prepare for that. Uh, yeah. Curveball. Uh, but no, I was talking earlier. I was like, are you going to make me cry? Uh-oh. And uh, I'm pretty sensitive because, um, uh, uh, yeah, so, it. you know, you were. we were talking about my education, my school, and... 
Um, it Working at Feeding Tampa Bay definitely ties everything in. Um, as an academic, and I, I also consider myself a community advocate, is that I believe very passionately that these are important things that everybody should be involved in. And when you work in an organization where everybody thinks the same way and feels the same way and just are so passionate about everything that they do, that's why we have these cry sessions with Matt. <laughs> um, because I'm not just, you know, I don't just do my research because I'm trying to write a paper. We're trying to find an answer to a real problem. And it's because we care about our communities and being able to share that with Feeding Tampa Bay and also everyone involved, you know, just seeing a volunteer outside or seeing a newspaper article and, and the value that, that we are in the community, it, it, just, it just, it feels good. You know, it feels good that we're a part of something, a solution, you know, um, and that they're not just numbers. They're really a story that we're working towards and working really hard towards to make it happen. And ending hunger is, you know, I've never really struggled with food insecurity or anything like that, but there are so many people that don't have food and that we are working towards ending that. And so, um, and so it, it really means a lot to me because it's not just my job. It's not just my, it's not just a degree or school. It's, it's really uh, something that, you know, each of us have. It's, it's, it's our heart, really. It's um, something that we care passionately about. And uh, I'm just really grateful to be here. Um, it's, it's been such a blessing. And, you know, it's really hard to be in school and work at the same I time. Bet, yeah. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's very taxing mentally. Mm. Um, but I love it. And I can't thank Feeding Tampa Bay enough, just the organization, but also the people, the leadership um, in supporting me in the, during the PhD. Um, and uh, whether it's, you know, just emotionally um, being understanding, but also in the work, um, I wouldn't be able to understand my research in the way that I do because I can see behind the scenes what's happening. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And then just the support for my dissertation study. Yeah. Um, everybody here is, rooting for me and uh mm -hmm. you know it makes a difference and Absolutely. so i'm just really grateful and thankful to be here oh man i need a cry session <laughs> you said they're not just a number they're a story oh my goodness yeah. wow well and that you know to me that is exactly why we're doing these conversations right mm -hmm. it's yeah. exactly why we wanted to take the time to let our team share our stories because there are lots of people out there who are very good at analyzing data we probably could have found someone else to complete the technical tasks that you're assigned. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you care so deeply about mm -hmm. our work, the fact that the people we serve matter to you in a very personal way, that's what makes you perfect for this work. And it's why you do so well in it and why you help us do so well in all of the other things that we do. You really, in a lot of ways, are a foundation for all of the other things that happen here because we understand what ha what is happening and what needs to happen and you care enough to get it right and you care enough because you know it's connected to a meal on a plate for someone in your neighborhood mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. man 
That is fantastic. Thank you so much for for sharing that insight with us today. Yeah. And, you know, um, and for all that you do to help us, you know, keep track of where we're going and how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of our story. Yeah. Aww. And for Thank the brownies. And for the brownies. <laughs> absolutely. Right. And, yeah. for, and for not making too much fun of Matt. <laughs> oh, man. I should have written more. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Next time. Thank you so much. Right. <laughs> This podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. All right, so as we decided to do Humans of the Food Bank, one of the things that our team talked about was, you know, obviously, who are we going to get? Who should we talk about? And there was a first pick of the first round that was a no doubter. Yes. <laughs> and and this in particular individual is someone who, if I just walk up to somebody and say this person's name, it immediately makes them smile. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no questions asked. Just you say, Jeremy Gloff. And everybody's like, oh, I love Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Yes. Oh, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy is the best. So, Shannon, you want to bring us in and introduce yeah. the world to Jeremy Gloff? <laughs> a man who emanates joy with no doubt. Um, my friend for a really long time. We both are OGs from Trinity Cafe. We were part of the merger, so Feeding Tampa Bay is now stuck with us. Yes. <laughs> what do you think? For life, right? For life. We're, part of, we're part of this lifer crew, <laughs> yep. yeah? So, Jar, tell everybody, our listeners, a little bit about you. I know a lot about you, but <laughs> go ahead. I'll let you tell the stories because I got some stories. But you go ahead, and I want you to share. I'll do the very, 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 very Reader's Digest <laughs> condensed version. I moved to Tampa in 1998. I was supposed to be here for just one month. Uh, I showed up on a Greyhound bus with a backpack and my guitar, mm-hmm. and that's it. I didn't really wow. own anything else. I'd given away, I was like one of those traveling hippies. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to move to San Francisco, as every artistic person is. Naturally, yeah. But I had some friends in Tampa that just needed a roommate, so I'm like, I'll just go there and collect myself, because Western New York just wasn't for me, <laughs> where I grew up. <laughs> so I got off the bus, I went to my apartment, and then uh, 20... Two years later, I'm still in the same apartment. Wow. And here we are. Yeah, and here we are. <laughs> and here we are today, right? So then you end up at Trinity Cafe, so it kind of correlates with your favorite meal around a table. Yes. Right? So why don't you tell us about that? Because that kind of leads right into you being here and your friends and how important your friends are to you, yeah. really. So I did live in Atlanta for a little bit in the mid-90s, and I had a friend named Will that was just awesome. And we were like these young punk kids. We used to go to the diner, and he always had this homeless guy, Larry, with him mm-hmm. that would sit at the diner with us. And I was like, we're so cool. Like, we, we even let homeless people eat. We fed them. Yeah. And uh, throughout the whole 2000s, I always tried to find my friend Will on you know MySpace and Facebook. I could never find him. And then I found out that he uh, developed schizophrenia in a heroin at uh, addiction wow. and he died on the streets of San Francisco in 2015 oh man mm. so I began volunteering at Trinity Cafe in honor of my friend that died on the street and I actually flew out to San Francisco with his sister and uh, we graffiti tagged this body died on the street wow yeah. in <laughs> memoriam because yeah. you're so cool right. like that seriously you fly out to the city yeah. graffiti tag it right because yeah go ahead <laughs> So um, every year for Will's birthday, I would have Will Fridlin Volunteer Day, and we'd fill we'd fill up thirty two friends of mine, and they never met him, but you yeah. know, just his story yeah. was so compelling. If you didn't know Will, you know somebody right. in your life that needs help. You right. know what I mean, so the story was, you know, it touched everybody. 
Uh, then Cindy Davis asked me to be a volunteer coordinator. <laughs> yep. So I began leading the shift every Monday at Trinity Cafe at the Butch location when it opened. I was there with you the day Butch opened, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Trinity yep. too. Yep. And then oh, uh, one day in 2018, I was rolling silverware, and Shannon kind of slithered up beside me. <laughs> <laughs> slithered? <laughs> slithered up Woo! beside me. And she said, now why haven't you applied for the volunteer manager position? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't know. Why haven't I? <laughs> He's like, you tell me. <laughs> so, I just, you know, I'd, I'd been in the restaurant industry my whole life. That was my background with service industry, restaurant management. Hmm. So I said, you know what? Let's try something different. So I applied and here we are. Yeah. 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 Here we are today. <laughs> and everyone's better for it. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that restaurant um, career was supporting your musical career. Yep. Right? Because that's really... How many albums do you have? I'm working on my 23rd. Wow. 23rd. That I did not know. That's yep. a lot of music. I don't so, know that I've produced 23 of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I need 23 albums. That's amazing. Yes. What, do you need 20 more kids to get there? Yeah, Is that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think my wife will sign up for that. <laughs> it, it was honestly thri- thrilling to be part of the merger. Because mm-hmm. we were just all, I feel like everyone was diving in, not really knowing. We all knew it was going to be good, but like, yeah. how do we get to there? You know what I mean? So... It's just something I'll never forget. Yeah. 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 It was a journey. Yeah. It was cool. (laughs) It was so much fun to be here at the time because uh, for those who don't know, on uh, January 1st, 2019, Feeding Tampa Bay and Trinity Cafe officially merged, Mm -hmm. as we called it, became a blended family. Yeah. Yes. Um, And and in that deal, we got Shannon, Mm -hmm. we got Jeremy, we got some other amazing folks. And... uh, it took about four seconds for Jeremy to be fully a part of the Phoenix <laughs> yeah. Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. yep. You know, and yep. it, obviously we knew each other organizationally ahead of time and we'd spent time getting to know the, each staff kind of trading around and getting to know each other and working alongside one another. But, uh, there was just no question that Jeremy was going to make himself home here yeah, at Phoenix absolutely. Tampa Bay. Yeah. You know, it, it makes me laugh because when you walked in to, to do the interview, you looked around and you said, I miss this warehouse. <laughs> I am positive that's the first time I've ever heard that phrase. Oh. <laughs> but it speaks to you. You know, it speaks to, as Shannon said, I think the perfect word to describe you is joy. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're having a good day or a bad day, whether uh, things are, are going crazy and somebody's driving a car through the wall at oh, Kennedy Cafe gosh, or, true story. You oh, know, wow. or it's yeah. a perfect day, uh, I know that my interaction with Jeremy is going to one be a joy-filled interaction mm-hmm. it's going to be one where i'm respected and and felt like i'm treated well um and i'm going to leave better than i entered the conversation and and that's just it's a really unique gift that you have and i'd never heard the story about your friend will but it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. it really does that that you're the type of person who would search for a homeless friend for years and then oh. do something to honor I know. him. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, um, man. And the fact that you still today get to serve the folks who come to Trinity Cafe, whether homeless or not, because many of our guests are not. Right. Uh, now every year, day where you come to work and put on that Feeding Tampa Bay shirt, you're, tri- you're doing a tribute to Will. And yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Man. And, you know, so, like, I, I definitely want to ask you, Jeremy, about, like, that that philosophy that that kind of, you know, pushes you to, like, bring so much joy to your work and to the people that you work with. You know, is that something that you feel like you've always had? Or is that something that, like, you know, that you've, you felt grow in you as you started to get more involved in this world? Well, 
we just did a, I think it's called the Enneagram test. And the, the gentleman heading it said, is your smile real or is it fake? Oh. <laughs> I said, honestly, I think the world is very hard. Mm-hmm. It's very dark. There's a lot of darkness. We make the choice every day. Are we going to laugh through it or are we going to wallow in it? So yeah. I'm just making the choice. You just got to laugh through it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really yeah. good advice. <laughs> it really is. And there is our clip to start. Absolutely. You know? that's, that's fantastic. So I, I have to go back for a minute because we've talked a lot about how you make people feel and how you approach your work. But what would you say you do here? I feel like I'm a little bit of a neutralizer <laughs> between a lot of wor- worlds and people. Mm. I think I just try to make sure everything's okay mm. between the volunteers and the staff and the guests. And I just try to circulate between everybody and just make sure at the end of the day, everything's okay. Yeah. 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 So the folks who need a meal are getting that meal yep. and they're satisfied with it. And the team in the kitchen knows they have the support they need yep. and the folks waiting outside in line, you know, have, have a pleasant enough experience while they're waiting. And, you know, you just bring that, that joy everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. But what's well. your actual title? Um, volunteer coordinator. Okay. Yeah. That definitely does not do no. it justice. <laughs> no, no. I would say you, uh, your title should be the guy who knows, you know, (laughs) like when you, it's like, how do we do this? Well, you got to find Jeremy. He knows. (laughs) So thank you. That, that being said, have I got a, uh, a very large attachment Mm -hmm. to an email in my email box this week from Jeremy Gloff. Yeah. The manifesto. The manifesto. Oh, I've heard about this. Uh (laughs) Jeremy, why don't you tell folks about the manifesto? Okay. Well, one day I was sitting at my desk with Cindy Davis across from me and I said, you know what? There's so much to this world that every single detail has to be written down. Because long after I'm gone and you're gone, I want someone to want to start a Trinity Cafe, front of the house, volunteer operation, restaurant stuff. I just want to throw a book down. Here it is. Yeah. So I waited. There was like 20 versions of like things people had done before, just small things. And I eventually just said, you know what? I'm just going to throw these out and start fresh. Wow. Wow. So you did. Yeah. <laughs> so it ended up being like 33 pages. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's a manual. <laughs> Six point font. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. To make it 30 right. pa- Oh, yeah, I love kidding. it. I'm kidding. It's almost That's fantastic. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. Aerial narrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a helpful thing to have, though. I mean, because I, I can only imagine all of the roadblocks and stumbles and things you have to figure out along the way that people might not expect, you know? Well, I would be laying in bed and I'm like, forgot this. And I'd had to get up and go to my computer. (laughs) Forgot this. But you know, as we are moving towards our empowerment center in Pinellas County with a Trinity Cafe as part of that, Mm -hmm. I thought this is a great time as we hire someone new to hand this to them and say, this is how we do it. Hopefully it's helpful. Yeah. I'm sure it will be helpful. Well, and you know, it, it reminds me of some of the conversations we had around the merger because Trinity was a a fantastic, very small organization, right? You know, and, and you had a small staff and you did mighty deeds with them. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that was attractive to the Trinity team and the Trinity board about coming on with feeding Tampa Bay was that we offered the opportunity to grow Yeah, and not just grow incrementally, but share with the other 199 food banks in the Feeding America network so that those who are really serious about creating a dignified eating experience 
for the folks who need them most, who need a meal on a plate today, this is the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. It takes 33 pages to explain how. Right. <laughs> but. But you don't want to miss any of those nuances. Right. Because it's, it's a meal, but it's more than that. It's about connecting with someone who may need you that day. And I know that that was Jeremy's intention for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, so it's more than a meal. Absolutely. And, the, you know, joking aside, the fact that it does take 33 pages to explain it tells you right. that it's not just cook food right. put on plate. <laughs> yeah. right. right. I could, I could get behind Sustenance. those instructions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I, you know, I think that that um, sort of speaks to, you know, your commitment to Trinity and the overall act of like helping people. So what is it about this world for you, you know, since you got involved in it, that makes you certain that you want to keep coming back every day, that this is where you want to be? Well, one of my favorite things to do in the world is eat. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> I hear you. My whole life is yeah. like, honestly, especially during the pandemic, I have nothing to do but think about like, what am I eating next? Right. What am I eating in four hours? Right. <laughs> so food is this important to me. I think of anybody in the world, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everyone needs that meal for the nourishment and for a lot of people for the social interaction yes. and connection. to share a meal. So yeah. to be part of that for anybody is just a really powerful thing. Right. It's about as genuine as it gets, I feel. Yeah, it's a it's a connecting moment that I think we maybe overlook, you know, like, you know, that usually you sit down to eat with someone and it's like, what do you do? You chat, you catch up, you know, like it's a, it's a touch point, you know, like yeah. automatically. <laughs> it's been thrilling since the merger because, you know, we can give the hot meal, but then there's so much more to give now, Yeah, which is so right. awesome. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Meals on the go. Yep. How many seniors were we able to take care of that didn't know where their meal was coming from? There were right. so many things we've been able to do since it'll be two years on January the 1st, Jeremy. Man, that's wild. Right? <laughs> yes. So exciting. So thankful. Mm -hmm. I think you can join me on that. A hundred percent. hundred percent thankful. <laughs> and really what it's about is how many people we've been able to touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. together yeah, yeah. right no so and you have uh you have some some not hidden talents but you you have your musical talents are far and away like you know more impressive than than you might ever expect to find from someone working in the food banking industry you know like yeah, he's yes. recorded 23 albums yeah, 23 yes. albums you know and i've gotten to hear some of it and it's awesome and oh. i i know that uh you offered that to share some of you know one of your hits from last year with us so um you know jeremy is going to send us that file and we're going to play it for everybody here so that you can experience some of that joy firsthand and where can they listen to more of your music if they if they want to hear it sure uh, my music's on amazon youtube spotify all all the major platforms yeah. so they say and it's all under your name jeremy gloff yep g-l-o-f-f -F. and on the album i'm working on i actually did a song that features uh Carvarius and lem who are rappers at fiend tampa bay with right. patrick on banjo so i have a song coming out next year yeah that's gonna have everybody from the food bank what an interesting well, mashup we'll have to do we'll have to do a podcast <laughs> yeah. with all of you guys yeah we just said rappers yeah and banjo. rappers and banjo yeah. <laughs> yes. classic combination <laughs> yes and then andrea kitchen maybe yes yeah yes. And mark are gonna be on there too that andrea girl. and mark sing. kitchen they yeah. can both sing they're amazing i think mark was on american, american idol. idol right he's here at the food bank as well so yeah. Going back to how crazy our group here is at the food bank, <laughs> you can find it all right here. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, I can't wait to listen to, uh, or for our listeners to hear mm -hmm. your song, Tampa. I know the video, um, maybe we can put the link in. Mm -hmm. 
uh, when we put it on the platforms. Yeah. The mayor is so wonderfully in it yes. oh, that's as right. well. She joined <laughs> on. So you're a very popular. People can go see you perform. Um, you're going to hear Tampa, the mm. song next, and then a little instrumental through What the Food Bank. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. We adore you. Thank you for having me. I just, I love y'all. Oh, we love you too. <laughs> Joy personified. Thank you so much. And team, I promise it's worth it if you hang on for that gospel banjo rapper. Yes. Is it coming up? <laughs> <laughs> Might not be the best city in the world. It's the place I call home. Might not have the best galleries, when polls and magazines. If you put down damn Florida, you're my enemy. Cause my friends are here My favorite roads are here That crazy little magic in the night Tune in again on Sunday, January 3rd to meet more of our fantastic Humans of Feeding Tampa Bay.